0: Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the city of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: And last week, we looked at introduction to God, right? So today I want us to look at the introduction to God's favorites. We're going to look at introduction to man. Introduction to man. And I want us to understand a few things about man. And let's see how far we can go. I will not be in a rush to finish everything. Because remember we're looking at it in what context? Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Okay. Psalm 8, verse 4. The Bible says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Somebody say, Oh God, visit me. Aha. Look at the next verse. It says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, almost all theologians agree that when you read this from the Hebrew, um, the word used there is not angelos, it's the word Elohim. Okay, The original translation is Elohim, but then the Jews don't usually say the name of God. So sometimes they'll just refer the angels, the heavens. So meaning if you had read it in its original text, it says you have made him a little lower than Elohim. And last week we learned that Elohim is God, Right? So you've made him a little lower than God. That's very interesting. So he says, what is man that you are mindful of him? So ask your neighbor, what is man? Ask another one, what is man? Some of you are not asking your neighbors. I'm looking at you. Let them answer, what is man? If you are told, describe man. If maybe like these aliens came or you are invited for a convention If you were invited for a convention on the planet Pluto and you had to describe what man is, what would you say? What is man? (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Look at the next verse. I'm sure you will love this one. Next verse, verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. What is man? Praise God. Okay. We're going to digest that. Um, let's have one or two more opening verses. Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28. And God said, let us make human beings let them be like us and resemble us genesis 1:26. let them be like us and resemble us let them have dominion this word keeps coming eh? over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air or over the cattle over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth 27 so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them then God blessed them So from the beginning God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth and here is the nice part do you remember every time God would make something he would say it is good and God rested. It is good, and God rested. Look at what is said about man. Next verse. And God said, "See, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose, food, and you shall and it shall be for food. Uh-huh. Also to every beast, and to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth." in which there is life. I've given every green herb for food and it was so. Let's go on. Then God saw everything he had made and indeed it was very good. This time not just good but very good. So when God thought of you, what did he think? Very good. Okay. So you can call yourself Frederick very good. Okay, very good, wonderful. Another verse I want us to look at in our introduction, James 5, 17, something very interesting here as well. James five 17, we'll amplify it afterwards. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. So that means, usually when people think of some of the wonderful people in the Bible, we think of them as, like so when Elijah would wake up, he would just do this, and all the birds. (laughs) Then when he does this, I, I don't know if you my point. Like every morning when you wake up, when it when it does this, the rain falls. When it does this, it snows. You, you've seen those memes about Mo, baby Moses trying to take a bath, and every time they put him in like a dish, the, the water splits. Because we imagine that was how it was, because we only read certain aspects, right? But then when you look at it, I want you to amplify it. I want you to see this. It says... um. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. So what did Elijah have? He had feelings. I'm sure some people are so happy (laughs) that Elijah had feelings. So he had feelings, he had affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years, and six months. So he did something. He prayed a certain way. So he was just as human as everybody else, but there's something that he managed to unleash through praying. When you look at the next verse, it says, "And then he prayed again, and the heaven supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual." And the reference is given. You find that in First Kings 18. So it's interesting that human beings have a constitution. There's a way they've been made. And I believe the first part to understanding human beings is understanding the aspect of spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, it's a topic that sometimes people don't really want to delve into study. It's one that needs studying. Let me explain. Um... There are some people who believe that the spirit and the soul are the same thing. Now, where that argument comes from is that when you read the Bible in its original texts, there are certain times the word soul is used to represent both spirit and soul. And then there are times it's used to represent the word soul. There are times heart means a soul. There are times heart means a spirit. That's why you have to learn to rightly divide the word of truth and analyze it from its context. But then there are scriptures that show us that spirit, soul, and body are not the same thing. Look at Hebrews chapter number four and verse 12. I'm sure you know this one. It says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow so are you noticing the graduation that they saw there is spirit these joints that spirit so body and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart then I want you to look at first Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 notice it says now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely And may our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the distinction again. Our whole what? Spirit, soul, and body. So let's demystify it. Let me start by saying this. The Holy Spirit is not your spirit. I don't know how to put it. No, I know how to. I'll put it well. By the time we're done, you'll understand. Because we'll go step by step. There are people who believe that. I think people confuse the human spirit and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of God. And then he comes to dwell in your spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is not your spirit. I hope you're hearing me. And as we go on, you'll really get to see the context of some of these things. So when you read scriptures like the spirit lasts against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit, that's not talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the one who's coming to fight your flesh. It's you who fights your own flesh. I don't know if you're hearing me. When you study the scriptures, you will notice that the fruit of the spirit the source is the Holy Spirit, but the person who produces it is you. That's why Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. No one can bear fruit. Meaning it's your responsibility to bear fruit. And that's why you can have the same Christians receiving the same Holy Spirit, but producing different fruit. Because you've got a responsibility to do that. So the question then becomes, what is the Spirit of? of a man. What is the spirit of a man? So let's just look at a few things. Man, man is a spirit. I showed you a scripture uh, in Hebrews last week, right? Remember how we had, when we're doing the introduction to God, one of the things we noted is that God is a spirit. You find that in John chapter number four, right? Where it says, God is a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Similarly, man is a spirit. And God is actually called the Father of our spirits. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. I have a body. I have a soul and I live in a body. You'll see as we go on. So man is a spirit. I want us just to see a few things. I will have a few verses for us. Um, Which one do we start with? Do you know that man, man being made in God's image, means that man is in the same class of beings as God. It says God is spirit. The context of this is the woman was asking, hey, in Jerusalem, our fathers worshipped like this. You guys are saying you should worship like this. These other ones are saying you should worship like this. And Jesus is saying, look, a time will come when it won't be about whether the song is like this or it's like this. or It's, it's going to be about you connecting to God, spirit to spirit. And then he explains saying God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Let me tell you what I mean when I say you're in the same category as him. Um, Have you ever tried to maybe have fellowship with an old cow, maybe? Like a cow. Like where you and the cow know each other on first name basis and... You can talk about your day and you can do all sorts of things and um, you observe this. No matter how much we try, and I do not, especially domesticated animals, some of them have tried, you know? Like there's some which have grown to a certain level of intelligence and all that kind of stuff. But there's a certain level of fellowship that a man would just not have um, with an animal. You, you know, go tell a dog, write this assignment for me. You know, that's very important fellowship. Eh? Help me out with this schoolwork and stuff like that because it's just not in the same class as a man. And you'll never be able to bark like it with the same tone and all that kind of stuff. You can try your best. That's why when dogs are able to do certain things, they'll end up being on shores and the like because we're amazed. You can imagine we're amazed that parrots because a parrot will say hello hello. I don't know if you're hearing me. Like, I can say hello any time of the week, but when a parrot says it, you guys are happy. Why? Because a parrot is not a human being, so it becomes very, you know, it's like very like wonderful, like, wow. There's that cat, that almost said hi, when you change it like this, the cat meowed in a way that sounded like a me like a hi and stuff like that. Because there is a class that God made to be able to fellowship with him and that class is human beings okay and the human beings I want you, I want you to understand this the aspect of us that is like him is our spirits Re- Hebrews 12 9 says furthermore we have all had earthly fathers meaning those who bore our flesh they're the ones responsible for our flesh being born it says, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjections to the father of spirits and live? So you are a spirit. Now let's, like I said, let's look at a few verses. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Amplify it for us, please. Just be a bit quicker. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is unproductive. Let's have another one. Look at, and I'll be showing you just certain uses. Look at James. This one is a good one. Chapter 2, verse 26. James 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So what people really call death is a separation of the spirit from the body. As the body without the spirit is dead. So your spirit is you. You are spirit. You're a spirit being. And you as a spirit, your spirit is what connects you to God and also to the spiritual realm. Because you are a spirit. Praise God. And if you're to read in Ecclesiastes, you'll notice that every human being has been created with a God-sized hole. There's a hole in every human being that only fellowship with God can satisfy. That's why sometimes you find you're seated and you're just feeling empty. You find you told yourself you'll be happy if you can just pass grade seven. You pass grade seven, you have to pass grade nine. You pass grade nine, you have to pass grade 12. You pass grade 12, you have to get a degree. You get a degree, it starts to feel small. You have to get a master's. You get a master's degree, and then the day I get you a master's degree, everyone has a doctorate. Like, <laughs> you get a doctorate, you also have to add a PhD to it. You do that, you want to be a professor as well. You do that, you realize there's another guy with five. There's just something about the earthly things that just doesn't culminate into satisfaction Because man is a spirit. So there's a side of you that can only be satisfied when you fellowship with God. Whoever has those moments where, let's say, I'll give you an example of last night, right? Um, Oh my goodness, I was feeling off. I was feeling off. There was a specific time I was supposed to pray in the morning, but I was dealing with with a number of stuff, so I didn't manage to pray everything in me was just feeling like like you know how in the flesh you feel like you've not eaten that's what I was feeling on the inside like and I managed to sneak in a moment and uh, I think I was singing sing hallelujah to the Lord the come on you're doing well sing hallelujah to the Lord you can't resist that song, eh? Sing hallelujah Sing hallelujah Sing hallelujah Okay, before we enter a worship session Ah, that key played no, no. And everything was just in, in, in like that moment of eternity, it's, it's sort of like Everything on earth just goes on pause, and you're actually connecting to the one who really made you, to the father of your spirit. Praise God. Yay. Hallelujah. Your spirit, like I said, is the one that connects you to the spiritual realm. And your spirit is also called the inner man. Ephesians 3:16. It says, Paul is praying for the church, and it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. That shows you you've got inner eyes, you have inner ears. The reason why sometimes people struggle to hear God is that they're always focusing on the outside, not the inside because your relationship with God is inside out. I can assure you, the majority, for me, the majority of the times that I've heard God speak to me has been more on the inside than on the outside. So you've got an inner man. Someone would ask, how does a spirit look? I think your spirit looks like you. Why? Because when you study from the scriptures, have you noticed that God has a face? Do you remember Moses spoke to God face to face? Have you noticed that God has a back? It says, I'll only show you my back. Have you noticed that God has hands? The hand of the Lord is not too short to save. He's got ears. His ears are not too deaf to hear. Praise God. Most likely, your spirit looks like you. Why do I say so? Do <laughs> you know what someone just said this side? I said most likely your spirit looks like you, and somebody went like, "My spirit is cute." <laughs> That's the self-esteem we've been wanting. Eh? <laughs> now, when I say most likely your spirit looks like you, um, yeah. when I say when I say most likely your spirit looks like you, the reason I'm saying that is. Have you noticed in the scriptures, do you remember the mountain of transfiguration? Do you remember Elijah and Moses appeared? Now, most likely, they appeared in spirit form, right? But then they didn't look like these gigantic monsters and the like, otherwise Peter and the others wouldn't have been able to recognize them. Also, have you noticed when Jesus gives an account of Lazarus and the rich man? Have you ever read it? The account of Lazarus and the rich man Jesus begins to explain how there was a rich man, he died, there was Lazarus, he died. And then the very next words are in hell. Now the word there for hell is Hades, which is the place of departed spirits. That's what it literally means. And it says the rich man looked up. He was able to recognize that that's Lazarus. And Lazarus was able to recognize that that's. And then he was also able to recognize that's Abraham will have a teaching one day where we explain why they could see each other and why that was Abraham's bosom and not heaven, right? Because that's what the scripture calls it. Interesting, praise God. So when we, when we meet on the final day when everything is said and done, you will most likely be able to recognize everyone you were able to recognize before. And probably even more people. And you know that your spirit doesn't, how can I put it? Your spirit doesn't age. Your spirit doesn't age. Spirits are eternal. They're not, you don't count by time like, oh, this spirit has been in existence for, I remember one time when I met um, Pastor Dr. Cholwai. I think one of the first times we had a personal interaction and he told me something that he said, you know, um, there are some people who struggle to listen to somebody maybe because they're young, right? By the way, I've received that feedback before. There was one person who said, I can't listen to you because you're young. I said, there are so many old preachers. Why aren't you listening to them as well? (laughs) Clearly the problem here. (laughs) So he said, you know, um, just because a house is new Doesn't mean that doesn't mean the tenant of the house is the same age as the house. And he said your spirit is ancient. Praise God. Interesting, eh? Your spirit Let's continue let's see if we can give you another verse 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 you know that your spirit can influence and affect your body as well I'll show you if you learn how to develop it how to educate it how to feed your spirit I've just forgotten the name of the dear servant of God but I know he's of blessed memory it's from some time back it could be Smith Wigglesworth, it could be somebody else. But his, it could be F.F. Bosworth, I've forgotten. But he said the challenge that we have is that there are so many people who, feel, who feed their bodies three hot meals a day and then feed their spirit one cold snack a week. Jesus is being tempted by Satan, right? If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. He responds, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Which man was he talking about? The real man. So he was saying, look, you're focusing on the outside. I'm focusing on the inside. The outside needs bread. The inside needs the word of God. Now, Second Corinthians four sixteen, it says, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So there is the inner man. There is the inward man. Glory to God. Do you know that the inward man can have a strong influence on the outside? There's a a scripture I read in Proverbs that just got me like, hmm. Look at this. Proverbs 18 verse 14. Hmm. We've got a few more verses. It says, the spirit of the man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? There are some people who've fought things. Their spirit just had stamina. Like it's just a stamina that just refused. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. And that's why you must learn to do godly exercises to build your spiritual stamina. Praise God. Have you ever had moments where emotions are just not doing it? Why it's your spirit that's even know that, that this upper have I've entered that fuel for the inside. <laughs> Praise God. What do you think? Haven't you ever seen a person who maybe they look like they're going through, maybe they're going through some stuff. Maybe they're going through a lot. How come you find they can still come to church and lift their hands? What, what do you think is moving them? Emotionally, you find everything is a mess they've got no reason in that moment emotionally to say, God, you're good. Where is that testimony coming from in their hearts? Where they're the ones who are the most passionate saying, from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing. Where is that drive coming from? Okay, 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 okay. So there's someone this idol who started it. Let's go to the scriptures.
0: You
1: know, I remember. The second 2 Corinthians 5.8. In line with that, right? Ooh. I remember um, I remember being in my car a bit confused and I'm chasing the ambulance that's carrying my wife um, which was about to give birth. And you know, it was my first time chasing an ambulance. So it was a bit fun. You know, overtaking cars hey! <laughs> and stuff like that. And Sometimes to calm me down I like play music. I'm driving fast, I can't touch my phone, I obey traffic rules. So I decided to start singing. So I'm there and I'm like, dang and I started. And and you know how your spirit works is that you know you can have a conversation within yourself that's like a thousand words and you have it in like half a second. And I had a conversation with myself. I know the conversation I had with myself. The conversation was Sometimes you work the miracles. Sometimes you live through them. Like, so, I, like, And it was like a long conversation, but it was like half a second. And I started, I've lived stories that have proved your faithfulness. And they are overtaking cars. I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend. And, and, and then I started shouting, I believe. I don't know if I was in key. I know I always sing in key. That day, I believe. You're the wonder-working God. You give babies because you love. That, that, I mean. And you know why I did that? I did that in response to something. You know, they had, have you ever heard Satan? Has anybody ever heard Satan before? You can't miss Satan. He's, he's not you can't miss him. Because the moment I entered the car, I immediately heard him say, you're losing them both. I said, ah, no. That's not the way we play here. We don't do those games. <laughs> We don't do those games around here. Like, no, 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 no. And I, so I responded with my spirit. And if you've noticed, he never misses certain moments. Haven't you? Like, you've done your utmost preparation for the exams. You are going to fail. (laughs) That's his job. He's the accuser of the brethren you don't learn to build your spirit man up. Okay. I was, look at this verse. He says this. We are confident, yes, well pleased. Observe this. Rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Let me explain this. Let me explain this. Give me Acts chapter number seven. You remember Stephen, right? Remember Stephen? Remember when Stephen was stoned? How many of you remember that? Have we read about Stephen? Okay. Acts chapter seven, take me towards the end after he's given his speech when he's been stoned. Okay. How many of you here know Zerubbabel? No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm serious. I mean, knows Zerubbabel? Okay, that, that nice song you like, not by might, not by power. Uh-huh. Who are those words said to in the Bible? Zerubbabel. I'm coming with an exam next week. <laughs> Everyone is writing an exam. Okay. And now it says they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Uh, that was meaning Saul's, in short saying, "I'm the one responsible. You put this on my tab. okay? Let's continue. And they stoned Stephen, and they stoned Stephen and he was calling on God and saying, "Lord Jesus, receive." my spirit. Let's continue. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. The, the, the ferociousness of this man's spirit. He, he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Ha! Ah, I'm thinking, <laughs> Stephen, you could have caught upon lightning and thunder. <laughs> And when he had said this, he fell asleep. But I want you to see a few verses before. Uh, uh, Give me the verse where he says, he looked and saw the glory of God. Again, by the way, you see the Trinity in like one verse. eh? In verse 55, but he being full of the Spirit, so on earth he was full of the Spirit. Which Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. He gazed with which eyes? Spiritual eyes. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing. Jesus wasn't seated that day. He was alert. The Bible tells us he sits at the right hand of God. He was standing. He was standing at the right hand of God. He was alert to what was happening with Stephen. Others say perhaps he was giving him a standing ovation. Ready to receive him. And then what, what is he going to say? And said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now, earlier Paul had said, being absent from the body, present with the Lord. So they remained with a Stephen. Probably they were even feeling pity for Stephen. Yeah, but Stephen. And maybe his body is blooded up, and and, you know, they're thinking, How can such a good guy be? And they were feeling pity for Stephen. And yet the real Stephen was somewhere else the real Stephen was as existent he was as real probably even more real he was experiencing reality in the now he was experiencing reality in the now and then the Stephen they remained with was asleep but the real Stephen was with the Lord Jesus he was present with the Lord Look at what the Lord Jesus says. Got the book of Mark. Praise God. Are you learning something? Give me chapter 12. There was a certain woman who had a um, I think if she was in this time, she had a generation or something if she was in this period of time. (laughs) Give me verse 23 somewhere there where these guys asked the question. This woman had one or two things not really going well for her. Maybe from verse 20. Okay, maybe let me explain. There's this woman who like kept... Okay, a line of seven brothers. They got married and then um, it didn't really work out. They all died. (laughs) And yeah, they all died and with no offspring. So, it was quite rough. Verse 23. They asked, therefore, in the resurrection when they rise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had her as a wife. Why do people like asking funny questions? Can't you just find out? (laughs) Okay, let's continue. And Jesus said, are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God? So errors come from not knowing the scriptures and the power of God. And it says, for in the rising, from they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Next verse. Then Jesus made a statement, but concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Uh He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are therefore mistaken. What he's saying is, when God was coming to Moses, he didn't come and say, I'm the God of the late Abraham, the God of the late Isaac, the God of the late Jacob. Because in God's world, they are still as alive and as existent as, as we are but people don't know about the spirit realm. Ladies and gentlemen, because man is a spirit, man can fellowship with God. Man can interact with God at a level that no one else can. Man can speak spiritual languages. Man can do certain things on earth that no one else can. The lions with their strength can't build cities. The whales with their memories can't build a spaceship. The elephants with their trunks can't create a proper irrigation system. They're just not man. Maybe that's why it was asked, who's man that you're mindful of him? Now, what the spirit is to the body is what God is to us. Let me explain that. The way physical death is separation of the spirit and the body, similarly, spiritual death is separation of the spirit from God, of your human spirit from God. Okay? And that's why there's an aspect of being born again. And you'll notice when you study the scriptures that when a person is born again, There is a regeneration that takes place by virtue of the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in them. Some of these things you understand as we go on. Can I tell you one more thing about your spirit for today? Your spirit knows you. 100%. If there's a person you can't lie to, it's yourself. That's why I always tell people sometimes if you give yourself the advice, you give others. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But no eye has seen, no ear has heard. As it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of a man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed these things to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Look at this one. It says... For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. The way the Holy Spirit is to God is the way your human spirit is to you. The way the Holy Spirit knows the things of God and the deep things of God. You know yourself and the deep things of you. Sometimes we just don't have very honest conversations with ourselves. For example, who's noticed you can tell if you are jealous? Now, who's observed? Like, if you're jealous, you'll know it. I know what I'm talking about. I've been jealous before. I, I knew it. I think I've told you this before. There was a time when almost every grade 12 kid was getting six points. And know, I didn't get six. And then one time, this person reports that they got six points. And I said it out loud like, ah, my exams have become easy these days. Eh? And everything in me just said, Fred, actually, that's jealousy. And I say, congratulating them. I'm posting them on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> what am I trying to say? It, you can tell. You can tell if you're envious. You can tell if you're in love. Oh, you know you can tell, eh? And by the way, as you grow in the word, you can tell. This is from the soul. This is from the spirit. Because the word of God separates the two. You can tell a man, and that's above all. You can tell if you're born again. You can tell if you're saved. You can tell if if you're a believer. You can actually tell. You know it yourself. Because the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you're God's child. In, I don't want to load you up with too much. So in the next lesson, we'll look at the soul but I wanted to show you one verse and this one I want to show it to you without explaining it. I think I just wanted to show a verse. Okay. 2 Kings 5 verse 25 to 26 from the Amplified. Elisha had a servant called Gehazi and Remember, Elisha had been used by God to perform a miracle on a man named Naaman. Naaman wanted to pay for that miracle. And Elisha specifically gave instructions that no money should be collected. Then Gehazi went beside and got some money. So the Bible says he went in and stood before his master, Elisha, before his master. And then Elisha said, where have you been, Gehazi? And he said, your servant went nowhere. Uh Elisha said to him, did not my spirit go with you? When the man turned from his chariot to meet you, was it a time to accept money, garments, olive orchards, vineyards, sheep, oxen, men servants and maid servants? (laughs) Elisha was one of those who had reached Levels. Do you remember the, when they were complaining? There was a king who was complaining, saying, who is the snitch? Who's the snitch? And then somebody says, no, no, no there's a man named Elisha. He hears what you and your wife are talking about <laughs> in the bedroom. Because his spiritual senses were just up there. I can imagine what will happen when we learn to develop our human spirit. Where before you sign for that transaction, everything in you just says, no, not this one. Your spirit goes ahead with you. Have you ever had moments where you dream your whole day before you have it? It's important. Sometimes those things happen to show you your spirit. And your spirit took a walk <laughs> and came back to report to you, actually tomorrow what will happen is this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And then this. So it's very, very important to develop. And maybe somebody may be asking very quickly, how does a person develop their spirit, right? It's very easy. Jesus said it, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. The more you educate yourself with the word of God, the more you grow. And then now there's the aspect of meditation, the scriptural meditation. (laughs) Right? <laughs> there's the aspect of scripture meditation. We'll go into it as we, it's one of the topics we've lined up where we'll look at the three levels of meditation. But then there's an the aspect of scripture meditation. And then your spirit also grows through you exercising spiritual things. A human being who just sits and does nothing will never really grow in strength. So, for example, if you learn to exercise your faith, somebody is sick and just say, okay, fine, I've brought you the fruits and the apples, but can I also pray for you? And you lay hands and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. What are you doing? You're also exercising your spiritual muscles. You're learning how to do things from the spiritual realm. Talking to God, you know, that's one of the easiest ways to learn how to hear him. You know why? Imagine you ask God a question today and you don't hear anything. That's fine. You know why? You are sowing a seed of honor, that you honor his voice that you can ask him a question. The day he needs to speak, you'll hear him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I want to just make an appeal. Is there anybody here who wants to submit themselves to God? They want to be born again. If you'd like to give your life to God today. And like I said, if if you're born again, you know it. If you're not... You know it. So if you'd like to confess Jesus as your Lord, and begin to follow him for all the days of your life, I'd like you to just raise your hand. And just raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. So just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, and I confess you as my Lord. thank you Jesus let me just pray for you all lift your hands from where you are now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth your week is blessed I pray in the name of Jesus may the Lord keep you may the Lord protect you may the Lord bless you you are not a victim of sickness you are not a victim of unfortunate circumstances you are not a victim of accidents the name of Jesus your children are blessed your families are blessed the name of Jesus everything that concerns you is perfected in Jesus name may this be a week of revelation let it be a week of enlightenment let it be a week of significant improvement and I pray, even over those things you've been believing God for for some time, I pray may this be that week where you experience that breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.
0: Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 777 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.